What makes our new life in God possible? What is the engine for our new life? This is Monday, February 13th. When we have the opportunity to visit our family's mountain home in North Carolina, we love to hike the mountain behind the house. The mountain is called Bear Wallow, and yes, there are bears living on the mountain. More than once, black bears have visited our back porch. Well, as we hike Bear Wallow Mountain, we come to a place along the trail where there are immense boulders. Through the years, many have slid down the mountain. One that we love to see has had its way blocked by a much smaller rock, one that appears to be holding it up. The smaller rock stands as a reminder of the power of leverage, how a much smaller object can make an immense difference. Now here's our text for today. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Again, that's Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Now, before launching into Paul's next instructions to Titus, he reaches back to remind us of the gospel. Often much Christian teaching omits this. We can feel like books or podcasts like this one, or even sermons, constantly remind us of what we should be doing. That was certainly true of Judaism. As we learned earlier in our study, the Jewish faith was a should faith. You should do this. You should not do that. But Paul is careful to avoid this language. And here's why. He knows that our lives must be empowered by grace. That is the love of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. I think we discourage people when we urge them to do things they just cannot do. We end up feeling like failures, or we feel weak, and indeed we are. Paul's point in our text today is to return to the gospel. Here's the way he shared the gospel with Titus in the verses just before ours. But when the goodness and kindness, loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of generation, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now Paul doesn't should Titus and the folks in the church in Crete. He reminds Titus that we are empowered by grace. Grace changes us. Grace enables us to say no to ungodliness, we learned in chapter 2. It's God's love that changes everything for us. It is as we learn to live in God's love that we're enabled to live our new life. Now, God didn't save us because we got our lives together or because we could wash ourselves and present ourselves fit before him. He saved us because of his kindness and mercy. The rest of Paul's letter, all of the teaching that follows this, springs from this grace given to us. Now this is a huge relief. This tells us that our new lives, all that we do, flows from God's goodness, not from a redoubling of our efforts, not from working to deepen our discipline, not from greater willpower. 
I think about Jesus in this regard. Do you know how he was able to go to the cross? It wasn't because he sucked it up and was able to push himself to it. Here's what we're told in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yes, we are told that Jesus was pursuing joy in his Father. Yes, it was all relational. It wasn't because he was stronger. It was because his eyes were on the Father. This is how he stood up under the horrors of the cross. He didn't grit his teeth and bear it. He pursued and completed his mission in joy. Now, when I read this verse, it makes me wonder what our lives might be like if we pursued joy in our Father. Now, I want to return to that huge rock on the Bearwalla Mountain Trail for just a moment. As we approach the rock, we walk alongside it, and we can actually stand under it. If the rock were to fall, well, anyone standing there would be crushed. But standing there, you are completely protected by that one small thing. It's that one small rock. You see, grace seems like it is so small, but it provides all the life we need through the relationship that is opened up to God, our Father. This is where all our life comes from. It comes from Jesus, his cross, his righteousness, his faithfulness. As we come to live in the joy of our Father, what seemed like impossible no longer is. Not by the power of our wills, but the power of the grace of God at work in us. Let's pray. Father God, help me to find my joy in you. Let your goodness and love become the motivation for my life. Direct me down paths of righteousness for your name's sake. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.